0: If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather around the fireside and listen to a tale. Up yon McCool, Cool Cullen, cool dear. all the sorrows, grow, you wail. From giants right down to fairies, of both the troop and solitary. And those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka fireside, the Marrow fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run. From the phone, there's no need to hide Sit by the fireside mm-hmm. Fireside Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish Storytelling Podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 118 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have a story from ancient Greece by way of Ireland. It is the story of the second... Of the five landings of great landings of Ireland, it is the story of Parthalon and the Muincheir Parthalon, the people of Parthalon. But first, I want to give a big welcome to any new and indeed any returning listeners. You are very welcome along. Thank you so much for your support. Please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. It's the best place to get in touch with me. If you want to say hello. If you want to hit up some of my uh, some of the poetry that I've been uh, uploading recently, it's been it's proven itself to be a lovely outlet for that as well as a different attitude uh, avenue to draw more people to the podcast and just share another side of my artistic work. Uh, if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so by joining Headstuff Plus over on headstuffpodcast.com, where for a monthly fee of of five euro a month or paying as much as you want. You get access to bonus content, not just for this podcast, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you get to join the inner circle of the fireside community. The most recent piece of uh, content has been a bonus episode about St. Patrick and about all of the culture and lore and mythology surrounding Patrick of Ireland and of the St. Patrick's Day Festival. That's joining uh, footage of the live shows we did at the Dublin Podcast Festival and my Ballad of the Giant's Causeway. There's going to be a new bonus episode once a month. Uh, We're very pleased with, because Headstuff Plus is a very new endeavour, and we're very pleased with how it's all taken off so far. I want to give a big thank you to the latest subscribers, which is Jennifer Cannon and Elizabeth Bonjean. Thank you so much for joining up. They join Elizabeth Alarid and Fernando Frias as our latest for this month, our latest subscribers over on head stuff plus and thank you so so much to each and every one of you we also have a couple of new patrons this week because i am keeping the patreon open because i know a lot of people when they start listening to this podcast i always like to encourage them to go right back to the very beginning because there is a sequence and a chronology to this podcast definitely i don't want to see how it's built and developed over the the years that it has existed so i'm sure these listeners are our episodes back, but hopefully they'll get they'll catch up. So big thank you to Ray and Holly O'Gorman as our latest patrons. The Patreon is still open for all of those who are very generously supporting it over there. Uh, but Headstuff Plus is the the homegrown independent company us started by Headstuff Podcast, the Headstuff Podcast Network, who nurtured this podcast right from its origins. So thank you very much. Our story for this week, this has this has been a whole new pocket that has been opened to me because I knew about this book of invasions and I knew about these five landings of Ireland before the coming of the Tuatha Dé Danann, which is where Irish mythology really does begin. But I didn't really think there was as much of a narrative to each of these five landings because... The Book of Landings and the Book of Invasions is a very controversial text because it kind of was just invented to connect Christian dogma with the the pagan beliefs of the early Celts. But I suppose just because it hasn't had an ulterior motive doesn't necessarily mean that it's devoid of any narrative value, quite the opposite. So it has been really, really interesting to continue to fill in the patchwork quilt of Irish mythology, with, uh, beginning with Caesar and the Flood a couple of weeks ago, and now the story of Partholon, which was quite a treat to dive into because the Greek myths were what I, and so many others I'm sure, was my first taste of mythology before I came home to my own mythology and my own culture's mythology in my early 20s. It was always the ancient Greeks, so it was very exciting to dip a toe into that world as well. We'll chat a bit more afterwards, but this is Partholon of Ancient Greece on Fireside. (laughs) Partholon of Ancient Greece. After the Great Flood, Ireland, with the rest of the world, was drowned beneath the waves. And after the waters subsided, there was no one left to hold dominion of the island. Era had first been settled by Cesar, granddaughter of Noah, who had been refused a place on her grandfather's ark because her father was a thief. So Cesar led a group of 150 women, along with her father Bith, and his companions Ladra the pilot and the shape-shifting Fintan Macbocra. They settled and attempted to populate a new island, but all drowned in the flood, apart from one warrior woman, Bonba, and Fintan Macbocra. After fleeing his obligations to populate the land of Ireland, Fintan had a dream he was a salmon. The next day... The flood came, and Fintan was able to survive in fish form. After the deluge, Fintan transformed into a hawk and surveyed all of Ireland for other survivors. But for 300 years, Fintan never saw a soul. That was until one day, with his hawk's eyes, Fintan Macbawker could see coming over the horizon a ship sailing from the east. The ship had come from Greece, and on board were the second group to live on the island of Ireland, on Mointure Parthalon, the people of Parthalon. Parthalon was a Greek prince, whose ancestor Japheth had been another son of Noah's. Japheth and his family had been invited on Noah's Ark, and now his descendants ruled in Greece. But in 300 years, a family line had changed allegiances. A new nation brings new gods. King Sarah of Greece no longer prayed to Yahweh, the Christian god, but to the 12 Olympians. Athena, goddess of wisdom. Ares, god of war. Apollo, god of the sun. Artemis, goddess of the hunt, Aphrodite, goddess of sexual love, Demeter, goddess of the seasons, Dionysus, the deviant god of wine, Hermes, messenger to the gods, Hephaestus, the blacksmith, Hera, the mother of heaven, Poseidon, the god of the sea, and the sky father himself, Zeus. Of course, there were many other Greek gods, including Hades, god of the underworld, but as Hades dwelt below and not on Mount Olympus, he was not considered an Olympian. Prince Partholon thirsted for power and admired the gods greatly. Zeus had taken his throne of heaven away from his father Cronos, who in turn had dethroned his father Uranus by castration. So Partholon began to think that the only way to achieve and maintain power was not by succession or inheritance, but by parental regicide. And that's what happened. Late at night, Prince partholon crept into his father's bedchamber and, like an ancient Greek Macbeth, stabbed the king to death. To partholon's great surprise... He was not praised and coronated as his father's successor, but rather accused of needlessly murdering the king in cold blood. Partholon claimed to have been driven mad by Hera, sister-wife of the cloud-gatherer. Hera was known for this Carrion, to be fair. Of all of the Olympians, she was easily one of, if not the most dangerous. For while Zeus ruled the heavens, Hera ruled Zeus. Power was often associated with Hera, for that is what she offered the mortals who prayed to her. When Athena, Aphrodite, and Hera were in competition to see which of them was the greatest, Zeus was too afraid to answer, so he sent them to ask a young shepherd boy named Paris. Paris was offered three gifts, wisdom by Athena, love by Aphrodite, or power by Hera. The foolish young boy was powerless to resist choosing love. And that love was Helen of Troy. That love would bring about the end of the greatest city the world would ever know. But that is definitely another story. Whether he was driven power-mad by Hera was irrelevant. Parthalon had still murdered his own father, and his king to boot. The prince was banished from the kingdom, and was cursed to bring ruin to whoever followed him. With Parthalon were his wife Delgnat, their three sons Slanga, Rudrig, and Lailana, the sons' wives Nerba, Khikba, and Kerbnad, and a thousand other followers. They left Greece and sailed round Sicily and Iberia until coming from the Adriatic, through the Mediterranean, and into the Atlantic Ocean. There, they spied a tiny, wet, windy island that looked totally uninhabited. This, of course, was Ireland. Partholon and his followers landed at Kenmare Strand in County Kerry not a million miles away from where Cesar and her followers had landed after the flood. When Parthalon landed, Ireland consisted of just one open plain, three lakes, and nine rivers. The Parthelonians cleared four more plains, and seven more lakes burst from the ground. Alongside spontaneous lake summoning, they also introduced cattle husbandry, ploughing, cooking, dwellings, and trade. After ten years in Ireland, a hawk came down from the sky towards Partholon. The bird of prey transformed before the king's eyes into an old man. My name is Fintan MacBolcra, and I was the first man on this island. I am all that remains of my people. I have come to serve as your advisor and bring a warning. Parthalon was understandably suspicious of this bird person. And why should I trust a word from you? Why do I need a bird adviser? It is exactly for this reason why you should trust me. Not only can I become a hawk, but also a salmon and many other animal forms. I know every inch of this island by land, sky... And sea. And it is the sea that you need to fear today. Parthalon considered this. What is your warning? Finton MacBookra told the king of a remote place off the very northwest coast of the island called Tory Island. He said there were another race, a race of creatures from the sea giants to some, monsters to others, people. To themselves, and these people from beneath the sea were called Fomorians. They had emerged from the flood and had existed peacefully on Tory Island for two hundred years, surviving through their skill as fishermen. But the Fomorians had learned of Partholon and his people and became threatened by the civilization they attempted to build. An army of three hundred Fomor had now landed on the mainland and was marching south for war. The truth of this warning brought Fintan Macbocra immediately into the close trust of the king. An army was mustered of over 3,000 Partholonians against a mere 300 of these sea monsters. But the Partholonians had not seen the Fomorians. They did not know with what amount of strength they fought. The two armies met at the plain of Mach-Itha, the precise location of which is heavily disputed, with some claiming it in Donegal, and others in Arklow in County Wicklow. Since your humble bard is from County Wicklow, let's say it was fought there. The Battle of Mach-Itha was the first ever battle fought on this island. The Fomorians were not quite as huge and monstrous to the Partholonians as they had feared, but nonetheless they fought with a fury and with magic. Cursed as the Parthelonians were, Ares, the god of war, was clearly with them in Ireland, for after a week of fighting, every single one of the 300 Fomorians was dead, and the people of Partholon secured their rule over Ireland. Partholon and his wife Delgnath lived on a small island near the head of the river Erne in Donegal. They moved there to keep an eye on Tory Island. Should the Fomorians ever return? Once, while Partholon was out touring his domain, Delgnat seduced her servant Topa. Afterward, they drank from Partholon's ale. Partholon discovered the affair when he drank his ale and recognized the taste of another man's lips on his own cup. In anger, Partholon killed not only Topa, but Topa's dog Symera. Ah, leave the dog out of this. What did the dog ever do? There is actually still a tiny island that only fits about one house named Inish Simira after this wrongly murdered dog. But Delgnot was unrepentant of the affair. She said, We have not discussed the rules of our new nation in terms of love. You are the king, and if you want me all to yourself, you must tell me now. Because nothing has been said before to tell me that I was not free to seduce my servants. If anyone is really to blame, Parthelon, it is you. Leaving me alone with a man like that is like leaving milk before a cat, edged tools before a craftsman, meat before a child, and expecting them not to take advantage. For her brazen and barefaced courage, Parthelon forgave his wife. And so was both the first adultery and the first jealousy in Ireland. After two hundred years of rule, a plague finally reached Era. This plague had been coming since the day Partholon had murdered his father. The plague killed the king, his wife, children, and each and every one of the Partholonians. The only one who survived was the only one who had been there before them, the one impervious to the plague, because he was not one of the cursed people, the shapeshifter, Fintan Macbocra, who with a heavy heart once more became a hawk and returned to the skies. Now there had been two landings on the island of Ireland, but the island was once again empty and ready for its next taking. ...to be continued. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little more unconventional and in the spirit to failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. And that is the story of Parthalon of Ancient Greece, Parthalon and the Plague on Fireside. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, you see what I mean when I say that you would have thought I had heard of these these five landings of Cesar, the granddaughter of Noah, of Partholon, of, of Nemed, of the Fear Bullock, you know. But where we went in in episode two, when we began our look at Irish mythology, way, way, way back then, we began with the Fear Bullock living on this island and with the landing of the Tua de Danon, because that is really where the four cycles of Irish mythology begin whereas this is a, these stories are from a a middle ages text connecting christianity to mythology but that but I'm sorry I haven't looked at them before but at the same time I'm glad we began where we did and because these are definitely bonus or kind of extra stories because for the most part this was another reason I didn't I I didn't think there was much narrative to each of them because at the end of each of these invasions everybody dies you know, seemingly without consequence. So, you know, Cesar and her people, they're all just gone. And Partholon and all of his people are just gone. But the exception, of course, and why these stories are worth doing, if not for just their own value themselves, is Fintan Macbocra. Suddenly we have this shape-shifting wizard figure that has been here since the very, very beginning and went on to continue to be here. And he's one we haven't really met much As I said in the the Sessor and the Flood episode, Finti Macbocra, you know, served, he fought on the side of the Firbulug in the First Battle of Maitara. He served on a council with Fionn McCool. He really does exist there. I'm sure he's a face or a name we're going to hear quite a lot the more we revisit because there are still some stories, you know, there's still some stories from the mythological cycle and certainly from the other three that we have plenty more to go into. So it's exciting to know we could encounter this familiar name more and more, which I think we will. I think he actually gets another full story to himself. There's a story of Finta McBolcra and Ackle Island, which is my favorite place in the world. So I'm going to hopefully get a good story out of that. Yeah, there's the two elements here. The the Greek mythological element to this is is mine. You know, that's that's kind of what I've added. Partholon coming from ancient Greece... Does seem to be slightly arbitrary for the sake of the story because he is just spoken of as another descendant of Noah, it's still connecting it very much with Cesar and the flood. But I was just, I couldn't resist if it is set in ancient Greece to contextualize it as ancient Greece and so to to drop to name drop all over the place the names of the 12 Olympians. But I, where I thought it quite tied nicely is that Partholon does kill his father, which does feel very biblical in tying him with Cesar and the Flood. But it also ties way more into the context of Greek mythology, because, like I said, Kronos killed his father. Zeus, Zeus uh, took the, his power from his father. He didn't kill, uh, didn't kill Kronos, but he took his power from him. So there was this idea of you know dethroning your father in ancient Greece and that is what led Zeus to rule the heavens and why Zeus was always then very protective of his power. So I really liked the idea of Partholon taking this kind of an inspiration and it totally backfiring on him and him being banished from Greece forever and sailing with his people to this tiny, windy, rainy island. And then we get our first meeting of the Fomorians. We understand where the Fomorians first came because when we meet the Fomorians, which is before the Second Battle of Moitura when Brez sails over, realising that he is half Fomorian, to fight a battle against the Tuatha Dé Danann. We are told that the Fomorians did used to have rule over Ireland, but that isn't a a story we had encountered yet. And now we realise that if Ireland was submerged beneath the waves after the great flood that that would stand to reason why a group of sea creatures and fomori means from beneath the sea you know there are various different descriptions of the fomorians some say they have one arm one leg a lot of say they have only one eye sometimes they're giants sometimes they're people you know you can picture them covered in seaweed you can picture as normal guys because naturally to their enemies they're going to seem more and more monstrous but it does I do get the impression the more we meet the Vomorians, that they are people, definitely, especially if Brez and and Lu you know his grandfather is is Baylor of the evil eye and Lou is not a monster, you know the the Tua de Danon are a fairy race of people, but they are humanoid for the most part or certainly as Tolkien took his inspiration, he used the Tua de Danon as the model for the elves so that's always a good image frame of reference i find to picture these long tall but still very much humanoid creatures that are the tuatha de danann and and Parthelon and his people fight this war against the fomorians and defeat them back beneath the waves so they've already had a loss now where we're quickly understanding why the Fomorians were so keen to take back Ireland from the Tuatha Dé Danann because this is a land that they had come to so many years before and had lost in a war and to be honest I think we'll lose another couple of wars before we even get back to the Tuatha Dé Danann and it all comes through this visitation of Fintan Bohcra, who has another cameo appearance in this. Interesting that Fintan was in hawk form for 300 years over the island of Ireland and yet didn't see a race of Fomorians living there for 200 of those years. I suppose because it was on Tory Island, which uh, I think Tory Island still has a king or certainly did until very recently. It's one of those amazing anomalies in Ireland of this tiny little island that still has a king. There is, you might remember in the story of Boand in the, The River Goddess, she... Her dog drowned with her when she was drowned to become the River Boyne. And there was a tiny island or a series of rocks that are still named after that dog to this day. And you have another case of that here where you have the the very biblical little subplot of Parthalon's wife seducing a servant and facing no consequence for it. I try to really give her a voice here, and really try and rationalise it there, and I quite like this little speech that Delgat has, but it is this is straight from the Book of Genesis. You know, this is uh, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife seducing Joseph of the amazing technical dream coat, and there are there are a lot of stories of that in ancient Greece as well and other mythologies of of a seduction and and that kind of thing. But here we get the added treat of Parthalon taking revenge by killing not only the servant, but the servant's dog. And there is still a place. There is an island, you can look it up, it's called Inish Saimera, I-N-I-S-S-E-I-M-E-R-A, where you can look up and there is just one house on it. And it is still named after this dog of this servant who was murdered by this Greek king who came to Ireland thousands of years ago which is all all a story that was crafted in the middle ages just to connect belief in one God versus belief in loads of gods. And that's what's wonderful about Ireland being such a tiny nation that is still so densely packed with these little references to our long and storied mythology. I'm sure that's the case in, in so many countries, you know, but Ireland's where I'm from, Ireland's where my frame of reference is too and it is such a particularly small island for such a rich, rich mythology, you know and that's why I love reading stories like this that that spread that arm longer, you know that we have been touching ancient Greece and we touched ancient Egypt and it all just continues to fill out the world of it but with that I'm going to wrap things up I hope you enjoyed the story of Herthalon of ancient Greece. Yes, we've two two landings down, and is it two more to go, three more to go? I think, yeah, no, I think the two of the down were the fifth, so I think we've the Namidians and the Firbolg. We might see that there's other stories in between. Yeah, I do, I do think there might be another Fintimacbocra story in there as well. While I think of it, um, very excited to say that I, if anyone listens to a Candlelit Tales... Who, if you don't know, it's it's actually another Irish mythology, uh, podcast run by, run by a brother and sister called uh, Aaron and Circa he- Hegarty. and uh, there's a I think there's a collective of them as well. There's a few others. They mix a lot of the myths with uh with some music and all that, and uh, they really know their stuff. They uh, they've been doing very good live shows for years. They ran a live show out of the Stags Head for a long time and they've naturally since the lockdown they've been focusing almost exclusively on the podcast but uh very proud that they've asked me to do a crossover episode with them so my version of the voyage of bran is going to feature on candlelit tales this week i think so it'll be the same week that this episode comes out yeah and then i'm going to do a guest spot on a post show chat with them talking about the voyage brand and the voyage of Bran has actually been one of my favorite stories that we discovered in the last few months I remember we did it in episode 102 when I discovered that it was one of the very earliest uh, Irish tales discovered. So I'm really looking forward to it because I record this podcast by myself, you know, in a vacuum, so to speak. And I love hearing from each and every one of you via the message because I record it myself. So it'd be brilliant to actually have a chat with other storytellers. Um, you know, check Candle it tells out. It's, it. you know, we occupy the same world. We talk about the same stuff, but I think our approaches are very, very different, which is what's quite nice. It shows the the versatility and the open to an interpreter, interpretation of this material, you know, that there is room. And that's one of the things I wanted from Far Side was to feel like there was more of a, a storytelling community, much like there is with Irish dancing and Irish trad. You know, storytelling is very much, it is one of the other traditional Irish arts like the music and dance. So... It's very exciting to feel like there is uh, a sense of a community developing again because there would have been once upon a time and there can be again. So please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Um, it is the best place to get in touch if you want to check me out and see what else I'm working on. Join headstuffpodcast.com if you want to support the podcast. Get access to bonus material for not just this podcast but for all the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I will see you all, you'll hear me all next time, where we have a story, yes, we have a story about a shape-shifting earl named Gerald Fitzgerald, Gero the Earle, and it is the story of the enchanting earl. That's all next week, you'll see me all, you'll hear me all next time, and remember, wherever you are, and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus.